another episode of Future Nation. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Where we speak with some of today's brightest innovators and explore the future of disruptive innovation. Let's go. Here's your host, Daniel Callow. Hello, and welcome to Future Nation. I am your host, Daniel Callow. Today, I will be speaking with Gunu Serbest. Gunu is the CEO of Global Victoria, a government organization that assists Victorian businesses in their global journey. Gunu's passion for innovation and vast experience in cross-cultural communications means that both she and her teams truly understand the challenges that businesses face in foreign markets. Unlike traditional government departments, Global Victoria's passion for innovation and deep understanding of global markets and trends have positioned themselves as the go-to agency for any Victorian organisation looking to export. With over 200 staff and 22 offices around the world, Global Vic's vision is to put Victorian businesses on the global stage and empower them to not only deliver world-class products and services, but to drive innovation for the future of Victoria. I introduce to you, Gunu Serbest. Hello, Gunu, and thank you very much for taking the time to be on Future Nation today. Thank you so much. It's uh, great to be having a conversation with you today. So tell us a bit about your background. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, So I guess a little bit about me. I joined the public service some 16 years ago now. But before I came into government, I used to do a lot of voluntary work in community radio and very much working with ethnic communities and and working to give them a voice. So after a number of years working in government, I found my true call in getting back into that international space and have been working in Victoria's international engagement areas for about the last 10 years now. Yeah. Okay. And you've been in various government departments, is that correct? Uh, I've actually been in various forms of this department. Um, so I've seen different name changes. Now, obviously, Global Victoria. Yep. But for me, it's uh, always been about, you know, being in an area that's really dynamic, an area that represents the voice of the private sector within government. And being in the area that I am, it, it really allows me to have the best of both worlds, working both in government, but also serving the private sector. Yeah, that's fantastic. So... Global Victoria had a name change from Trade Victoria. What does that mean? So at the 1st of January this year, we had a a bigger department change. So we were formerly the Department of Economic Development, Jobs, Transport and Resources. And we've now become Global Victoria from Trade Victoria inside the Department of Jobs, Precincts and Regions. And I think the name Global Victoria really represents a mindset and a shift in understanding that global trade is more than just transactions. And it's really about the way we engage with different communities and economies around the world and really kind of puts that at the heart of everything that we do. Yeah, okay. So can you explain what is it exactly that Global Victoria does? So at the heart of it, we are very much uh, a trade facilitation agency. We have a global footprint of 22 trade and investment offices around the world. And I like to think of us as a group of passionate, progressive and curious people. And uh, Mm. I guess in Global Victoria, we really value the big picture connections and the experience of of businesses kind of being on this export journey. Uh, We kind of, uh, when I think about what we do, we probably do six key things. Uh, We 
build the skills and knowledge of people and businesses to help them achieve their global ambitions. There's a real strong piece in there about connections and the fact that we do have the largest footprint of any state government or territory with our 22 offices means that we can connect people to the right networks and the right business opportunities, both locally and globally. We very much position and promote Victorian businesses on an international stage. We champion in the interests of Victorian exporters, whether that be advocacy to the federal government around non-tariff barriers or supporting issues around free trade agreements. Yeah. And what's really important and a real shift for Global Victoria is the piece around, you know, pursuing strategic partnerships that maximise the trade objectives for Victoria and the government's broader economic, social and sustainability objectives. And if we think about why we do all of this, you know, we're really here to grow the value of Victorian exports. This year, we reached an all-time high of over $55 billion worth of exports. Wow. And for the first time, we saw service exports take up 45% of that share. Yeah. We're also very much about driving and increasing the number of Victorian companies exporting. So, you know, Victoria is in a very fortunate position that we're growing the number of exporters faster than any other state across the country. Oh, wow. But when you think about the raw numbers, you know, companies across Australia, all states suffer from this, less than 5% of our businesses export. So for us, it's about how do we grow those small companies into becoming exporters? Yeah. Diversity is obviously really important. Uh, China is our largest trading partner, very important source for us, followed by the US. But where else are there opportunities? How can we capture new and emerging opportunities? I know your podcast is very much around tech and the digital space. So how do we enhance the digital understanding and capability of Victorian exporters? And how do we do that ourselves? And we're also here to make sure that all Victorians benefit from global engagement. And that may be disadvantaged cohorts in our community as well. So everyone from regional businesses and a really strong emphasis on increasing the uptake of women in our programs as well. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. The diversity is definitely key to the future. How important is globalisation for business? Absolutely. Well, we think that uh, Victoria's prosperity, whether it be in an economic or social sense, really is centred around being connected with the world. And our job is very much around inspiring businesses to think about the possibilities of going global. We know through some of our own evaluations that when companies are exposed to different ways of doing business or going offshore and participating in some of our outbound trade missions, even those companies that weren't exporters before, 70% of them then become exporters. And so, you know, that's a huge lever that we have. Yeah. Um, But you become so enriched by having that experience and often you see companies, they may be competitive onshore, but when you take them overseas and you take a bunch of architects or construction companies or engineers and they look at the size of the opportunity in China, they can see that their competitor isn't the company sitting next to them or standing next to them. There's enough in that for everyone and that creates a really good bond for the businesses here and I think government has a role to play in that collective and bringing companies together. Yeah, okay. What you're essentially saying is globalisation opens up for the opportunities, but it opens up for growth, which in turn enables sustainability of Victoria and the state. Because if we're going to remain competitive in the long run, we've got to have products that scale to the globe. That's right. And products that can compete 
on a national stage and, yeah. and an international stage, I should say. And so, you know, 80% of the businesses that we work with are SMEs, but everyone generally starts small and it could be a really niche opportunity in a particular market that could then send your business into a completely another space and being open to that and being able to be responsive and agile and respond to different needs yeah. is really important. But it, I guess it keeps us really innovative and we know that companies that export employ more people. They yeah. bring different values. They bring a different mindset. So yeah. it's very much about how we do that and it's definitely something that we encourage all businesses to think about. So how does Global Victoria remain relevant and a leader in global engagement? So this is something that we often talk about at Global Victoria and it's something that draws out a lot of conversation. We're very fortunate that Victoria has always been seen as leading Australia when it comes to some of our programs. We open the world to Victorian businesses and we welcome the business world into Victoria. We run a lot of inbound and outbound activity and we think being able to bring people in and have those conversations is really important and we learn so much from doing that. For us as well, we like to not so much compete with other states, but we like to compete with other countries that are doing really interesting things. So we talk to agencies like New Zealand uh, Trade and Enterprise because yeah. we know that they have a lot to offer and we can learn from them as well. And we collaborate with partners, whether it be professional service firms. And so we're always looking at how we can dial things up and how we can reach more businesses. We'll soon be having a product coming online, which is an online diagnostic tool, which okay. will help us understand more about Victorian businesses, capture data and be able to target our programs in a more tailored way. Yeah. So the future for us is very much about having a highly customised, tailored program for businesses because if business come to us, they don't have time to wade through loads and loads of pages of information or be searching different websites. So we want to be able to understand the, their impediments for growth and for yeah. export and then be able to do a very tailored solution for them. So we're all about building the capabilities of businesses yeah. but also being really smart and intelligent about how we capture information and how we can start to draw some trends yeah. around what issues are facing business. Yeah, okay. Interesting. You mentioned prior that service has had a large increase and, I mean, this is probably common around the world at the moment. Elaborate a little bit on that. What businesses are you seeing that are globalizing faster and more than, let's say, a decade prior? So I think when we think about our service exports, obviously international education is our number one service export followed by tourism. Yeah. These are really interesting services because, you know, people come and experience your city or your state and they almost become ambassadors when they return home. So it's very much on us to make it a really good experience for them while they're here. Yeah. But we see more and more in the tech space, design and architecture services. And, you know, when we think about some of the markets that we're trying to build really strong relationships with, whether it be Southeast Asia or other parts of Asia, whether it be India. These cities are urbanising so quickly and they're very much reliant on people that have led in this space. And I think Victoria has a lot to offer in the services around livability. Yeah. So whether it be clean technology or whether it be design, engineering, master planning for big cities, I think, you know, we have a lot to offer, but we have a lot to learn as well. So, yeah. you know, we have a much smaller 
smaller population. So our company is going over there. It's almost, a, you know, there's reward in it for them as well because they get to see how people do things differently and how people have to adapt to different conditions. Yeah, that's interesting. In relation to Victoria and our export, specifically within the tech sector, are you noticing any trends in the segments of technology that we have more of a competitive advantage with, for instance, med tech or fintech? You know, there's countries around the world. We know Israel, for instance, is now known for its cybersecurity. So where do you think Victoria, maybe in the next 10 years, will be known for with our high-tech exports? Where do you think it's headed? So I think definitely the med tech and the biotech is, is an area where Victoria has a natural advantage. Yep. We have a biomedical precinct down at Parkville. This government and our department in particular is very much around how do we leverage these amazing facilities and you know the research and development that happens here. So I think that is definitely something which we can build off. Yep. Uh, every year in the US, there's a big uh, conference called Bi- the Bio Conference. This year, we had about 80 Victorian companies heading over there okay. um, and it just the numbers continue to grow. You mentioned fintech as well, and that is an area that we're seeing a lot more interest and opportunities for Victorian businesses and startups in that space. So I know you had an interview with Timelio recently. That's yeah. a great Victorian story. Airwallix, another one. Yeah. So there's some amazing Victorian businesses that are in this space. Yeah. And I guess the other one, if we think about education, EdTech is probably another area where we could further develop. And I guess we have just such a natural, strong base to do that. One of the areas of technology that most people are quite aware of would be e-commerce. Recently, Alibaba set up their office in Victoria, which was fantastic that they chose Victoria and it's great for the economy. And what does that actually mean for Victoria? And do you think Victoria can be competitive in the e-commerce space? Absolutely. E-commerce is an area where we see Victorian businesses can start to dip their toe in the water and understand and test their products in another jurisdiction. And the China opportunity has been huge. You mentioned Amazon. It was great to see them set up their distribution center out in Dandenong uh, yeah. recently. But Alibaba setting up shop here was a really important signal for us in terms of, you know, they see great products and services here. Yeah. And uh, we've seen great opportunity for Victorian food products to go in to China. And, you know, e-commerce and that cross-border trade just means that you don't need to have a physical presence there necessarily to be able to do business. So, you know, the the Chinese are very sophisticated consumers. I think having that strong international student community here as well has really driven the success of Alibaba here. So there's a huge Daigo community here. We've seen brands like Swiss become the number one product on the Alibaba platform during their singles day. But you'll have big companies like Swiss and then you'll have companies like Goat Soap, which is a smaller business here in Victoria, do amazing sales. So I think uh, Victorian government is very alive to the opportunities of e-commerce. We set up a Victorian e-commerce network to bring leaders and companies together just to have a conversation, to kind of share experiences, what worked for you, what didn't work for you, which platform should I be on, how much will this cost, you know, how do I do the marketing 
But even those payment systems can be hard to navigate. And, you know, do I use Alipay? And then you have WeChat and other platforms. So there's a lot of really interesting things happening in this space. And then we have companies like Healthmore who are major distributors and have just recently launched an initiative called Expand to Go, where they're really targeting the Daigo community here to sell their products into China. So huge opportunity, not only for China, we're seeing more and more interest for Southeast Asia. So for us, it's now uh, understanding about those opportunities in places like Indonesia and how we can support Victorian businesses there as well. Yeah, wow. I didn't realize we had such a large export of successful products in China. That's fantastic. So we know China is a large opportunity. A lot of businesses I speak to are either trying to get into the market or want to know more about the market. Can you give us an example of a company that you might have worked with that has successfully entered China? And I say successfully because a lot of companies have unfortunately failed and a lot of it's due to cultural issues or not knowing the market. It would be great to hear from your side what a successful entrant into China looks like and what they went through. We work with lots of companies, like I said before, you know, China is obviously one market that a lot of companies have their eye on. A recent example is a company called Elliot, which is a Victorian fashion label. Uh, They're currently stocked in boutiques and majors um, across Australia, the US, Europe and the Middle East. But they recently opened their first standalone store in Shanghai and that was about a year and a half ago. For them, they saw the opportunity Their products were a nice fit. We work with them in terms of showcasing them locally. So we work with them during the Virgin Australia Melbourne Fashion Festival. We invited buyers from China to their show. They were on a platform called VIP.com where they were kind of live streaming and being able to see, you know, the products as they came down the runway um, and be able to shop pretty quickly. And it was great to see that um, some of their SKUs sold out overnight, which was fantastic. Um, This company's been really successful because they've been able to have a Chinese partner and someone that really understands the landscape there. So it's a really great um, kind of coming together of, you know, understanding the Australian market, but also understanding the market in which you're entering. And they've been great in being able to really leverage key opinion leaders in China to collaborate on particular lines. And so they have you know, celebrities over there that have millions and millions of following, followings the size of, you know, the population of Victoria. Wow. So that's been really successful for them. And their success has meant that they've now launched into establishing another business called the Australia Lifestyle Agency, which also helps other Australian brands enter enter China and be able to localise their products and tailor their marketing to support their efforts. So I think, you know, for us, it's about understanding the strengths that the company has being able to, you know, elevate them and really kind of back them in and showcase their products, not just to a Chinese audience, but to international audiences. Yeah. The common factor I'm hearing there is communication and relationships are key. I mean, I myself have done a lot of business in and out of China and it's all about the relationship. It's all about establishing Guangxi. It seems to me that that's where Global Victoria really steps in is getting those relationships established and built and nurtured. So there is trust with the brand and you go down the right channels rather than using channels that you may think will work. 
I know personally myself and you would know as well that the Chinese need to have trust when they do business with anybody. So do you see yourself as more of a relationship builder than, let's say, a business strategist at Global Victoria? Is it more about just establishing those relationships? Absolutely. I mean, you have to be committed to a market and you need to be serious. And I think the, the market that you're, you're working in needs to know that you're committed and you're there for the long haul. So if we take China, for example, you know, we have five offices in China yeah. where we're in Shanghai, Beijing, Nanjing, uh, Hong Kong and Chengdu. So, wow. you know, we have two sister state relationships. Our relationship with uh, Jiangsu province is 40, 40 years old this year. So it's very much about you know, taking a long-term view in terms of the relationship and understanding that these things take a long time to build and we're not, you know, Victorian businesses I think are not in it for quick wins. Like it's about a long-term sustained relationship, absolutely, and that's very much everything that Global Victoria stands for. Um, And, you know, we just hope to be able to continually build this network of people that have connections with the world. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. Global Victoria is global. However, yourself, what's your favorite country? Oh, it's like you can't pick your favorite child. (laughs) Um, I'm, oh, that's a really hard one. I like different cities for different reasons. So uh, I was recently in Shanghai and that city is amazing. Like yeah. I feel such energy and so dynamic and diverse. I often refer to it as a real life Gotham City. Like it's just so interesting and so captivating. I actually have a lot of love for that city. Uh, equally, I love Mumbai for its color and diversity yeah. and just the constant stimulation. So there's so much that I love about so many different cities. I think, yeah, uh, most of my work travels are to Asia. Yeah. And that's, I guess, where a lot of our companies are seeing immediate opportunities. But I've just booked a quick getaway to Istanbul, which again is another, you know, I love big cities. So I love to be able to, you know, sit back and watch the world go by. You've got a tough job, I tell you what. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm very fortunate to be able to work with businesses and be their partner on the yeah. ground. You mentioned before um, how do we see ourselves. Um, you know, often we joke at Global Victoria that we're business matchmakers. So we're yep. very much about bringing the, you know, the right opportunity to the right people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, businesses know their business much better than we ever will. Yeah. But it's just being a trusted partner Uh, on their export journey. Yeah. So being CEO of Global Victoria must be challenging. You've got, what is it, over 200 staff in total. Tell us, what's it like managing the teams here and what do you do that you see yourself as being different or advantageous? Yes, so we do have uh, about 200 staff across uh, Global Victoria, uh, 90 of them offshore across our global footprint. So I, I think for us at Global Victoria, it goes back to, you know, building that common identity and something that we all are really passionate about. I think the name change for us has given us a real purpose again to get out there and talk to business because people are like, oh, tell us a little bit more about Global Victoria. Tell us yeah. what you do. And and for us, it's like I said before, it's very much around inspiring companies to think about those possibilities and then being their partner when we, you know, take on the world pretty yeah. much. You know, I'm very fortunate. I think I literally have the best job in government 
and very fortunate to be working with such amazing people that bring really different skill sets. So we have people that are working with us that are from all parts of the world as well, whether they're in our international offices or local offices here. So it's just, there's never a bad idea. Um, We like to really push the boundaries. We're probably an area that can have more of an entrepreneurial spirit and companies expect that of us. You know, we ask ourselves daily, how are we going to remain modern and relevant? You know, what's going to push us to do more? Very open culture and just encourage everyone to continually be curious about the businesses that we work with but also making sure that we're bold and passionate when it comes to what we do. So I'd say um, the key attribute for us as a team is, you know, bringing that passion to every interaction we have with businesses. Wow, that's a very progressive government department you have here. And I love that you really push that entrepreneurial spirit within the department. And I think that's very important for businesses in Victoria that are going global to have that entrepreneurial partner. And honestly, you know, we have our team on our website, their real phone numbers, their real email addresses. And so we're very open and accessible. So we encourage businesses to reach out, to become part of our world and together we can take it on. Yeah, fantastic. Colonel, your job requires you to go to many different countries. It must be very challenging for you to adjust to each country and each country's way of doing business, which are all different. How do you manage that and how do you get your mindset right for each country? What's your secret? I think it's just um, being really open, not going in with set expectations, asking a lot of questions, uh, going back to that point around being really curious and being really willing to learn. I mean, often we'll take trade missions because, you know, we're trying to sell products or services, but at the same time, we're trying to build friendships and relationships and we feel like we can learn so much from those markets as well. You know, you need to spend time in those markets. It all comes from experience, but just having an open mind, being really adaptable, having conversations and not being afraid to kind of put yourself out there. If there's been the first time I remember going into India, I I spent quite a bit of time there and coming from Australia, you probably sometimes feel like those questions are very personal. So someone will be asking you, are you married? Have you got children? What's your highest school qualification? How long have you been doing the job that you're doing? Uh, How much money do you make? I think People are just trying to find a connection with you. So it's not that people are trying to pry. It's just I think, you know, certain cultures want that people connection. And if we're not willing to be open and share, I think there's a lot of other companies from different parts of the world that are willing to court places like India. So it's kind of being open, sharing, and just kind of immersing yourself and just really enjoying the experience as well. And what about a book that you could recommend, something that has inspired you? So uh, recently, a really close friend of mine gave me a book. It's called Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, which is actually a Roman emperor and philosopher. Yes. I don't often have that much time to read as much as what I would like. But what I love about this book is that they're thoughts or reflections. So every day, like I keep it on my bedside table and I just open it up, random page, and there'll be something that pops out that 
you know, kind of just gets you thinking about things in a different way. So I'm actually really enjoying that process of not feeling compelled to read something from beginning to end, from beginning to end, <laughs> and kind of being able to to pull something out uh, every day. So that's been really interesting. I'll, yeah. I'll probably go back to certain parts of it, but um, yeah, I think having something in the morning that just kind of sparks a different thought has been really good, and that was a perfect gift that she gave me. Yeah, fantastic. I have to look into that book. That sounds good. Yes. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode today. Thank you, Geno, for taking the time today to be on Future Nation, telling us your story and talking to us about Global Victoria. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having a chat with you. It's something that I care very deeply about. And so for all of those businesses that may be listening today, please be sure to reach out to us. We're at global.vic.gov.au. And uh, like I said, we're here to be your partner in your export journey. So thank you very much for your time and look forward to hearing more of your podcasts. Thank you. We are always looking for innovative and interesting people to be on our show. If you or someone you know would like to share their experience and be a featured guest on Future Nation, head on over to futurenation.co and click on apply to be a guest. If you like this episode, please subscribe to receive future episodes as they are released. Once again, thank you for listening to Future Nation. Thank you for listening to Future Nation. Hey, no problem, buddy. Head on over to futurenation.co. What for? For show notes and more. Oh, and don't forget to share and subscribe.